0: Uh, welcome to Harvest Hill. My name is Pastor Mike and uh, you've, you've heard and seen Jackson for the most part uh, this morning and I'm glad you're here. I see a lot of familiar faces. If you're visiting, thank you for being here today and hope you're ready what God wants to do. We kind of we're, we're going to be in Joshua chapter two. still we're working our way through a series of Joshua We're in as part of this series called Lessons from a Pretty Woman as we're uh, focusing on, on Rahab and her confession, some of the things she said, revealing to the spies. And as we get ready to hop in this, kind of need our minds uh, working toward what God is gonna be speaking to us this morning. Does anybody in here like me love movie previews? Just, you're, you're a fan of movie previews? I'm, I'm one of those, my, my, uh, if, if we go to a movie at the theater as a family, I'm one of those obnoxious ones, I've got a very uh, set agenda. You know, if the movie starts at 12.30, I want to be there by 12.10. And I want to be there by 12.10 because I want to make sure I got my ticket. Usually I get that online now anyway, but I get my ticket, I get my refreshments, I want to go to the restroom, I want to find my seat. And I want to be in my seat before the previews begin. Uh, not not those commercial things before, but you know when the lights go down and then the previews begin, I want to be there with my bucket ready to eat. And I, I typically don't like the ones where like the previews, like there's like 30 minutes of previews. But sometimes that does work to your benefit if you buy a big bucket because you did about that halfway point you're like, well, I can go fill it up. You know you're not gonna eat the rest of it? Anybody do that? You know you're not gonna eat the whole bucket, but you'll go fill it up anyway and and so you, just, you have it just in case. And if you've seen uh, the latest Avengers movie, then you know that just in case just just happened because that was like you know, three hours. If you don't have something, you're going to be fasting for a while. But I love, I love movie previews. And some of y'all know that I'm a Star Wars geek. Um, I say geek. I'm just cool like that. But anyway, uh, I remember um, it was a beautiful spring Saturday morning. Uh, I was downstairs, the kids were upstairs, Jamie was drinking her coffee and and reading as she does, typically on Saturday mornings, kind of her habit, and and, uh, I knew that that week there was a Star Wars convention going on in Chicago, and uh, I also had caught wind that the new trailer may be dropping that week, and so I googled it that Saturday morning. And sure enough, I found the new trailer for the new Star Wars movie coming out. I got so excited that I watched it. I went upstairs to Ethan's room and said, Ethan, i got something to show you. Remember this, Ethan? And so we watched it together, and we're like, oh, that's awesome. like, that did not come out to December? And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of the bummer about it. But then I went in to where Jamie was having her nice, quiet Saturday morning, and I, I was excited. I said, hey, the new Star Wars trailer came out. You want to watch it? And she looks at me with this innocent smile. I'm like, nah. And so I was sure she did not hear me correctly. And I, so I said, you know, there, it's the new Star Wars. Not like an, it's a new one. It's the official one. It's out. And I got it right here. You want to watch it? And she looked at me and said, no, thanks. And so I could not be in, in that environment at the moment. And so I went back downstairs. I watched it for a third time and just got excited about the new Star Wars thing coming out. And, and, and I love previews, not just like movie previews, but I love it in the last several years how you all have shared with with me or my family about good places to eat. And it seems like that is an easy conversation that we seem to find ourselves in as good Southern Baptists. You know, so where should I go for Chinese or barbecue or a good burger? And and just sharing about that. Uh, We share about some of the strangest things, though. You know, we share about places to eat, books that we've read that we really enjoyed, songs. Oh, did you hear that song? Or uh, did you see that show? Or did you see what happened last night on whatever? And, and we kind of do that. I mean, do, you've, anybody caught yourself doing that? Anybody in this last week found yourself sharing about something that you got excited about in such a way like, did you see, did you hear, did you read, have you tried? Anybody done that maybe in this past week? Why do we do that? i I'm, I'm really and this is why I'm down here, not up there why why do we so easily and sometimes excitedly share about those things? I do it, okay, we get passionate about it share the excitement we want- we want we want a bonding experience, and maybe if it's like food they'll invite us to go with them, right you know, you know hey yeah, I'll go with you, you know just you know just to make sure it's good right uh we want to share our life with people, right? We want to share things that we've come to enjoy with people, and we want them to enjoy it too. And, and so uh, we give previews of stuff, whether it's, you know, just things that we kind of enjoy, things we did excited about, news. You know, we do that verbally. We do that through social media context. We do that through conversations and phone calls and just passing by uh, with, you know, strangers at the supermarket. We share about things that we're getting excited about, you know. Um, our study in Joshua, we're, again, in Joshua chapter 2, we're going to be focusing on a couple of things that Rahab says, beginning in verse 8, where she has received a preview of the power and the authority that is on the Jordan River banks. And as Joshua sent the spies into the land to check out Jericho, to check out the land surrounding Jericho, they found, find refuge in the prostitute's house. And the Bible is very clear that Rahab is a prostitute. Anytime you come across the name Rahab, you know it's speaking of the individual Rahab because she's always referred to as Rahab the prostitute. There's other Rahabs in Scripture that's not referring to this individual. There's only one time in Scripture where Rahab the individual is referred to and she's not labeled as the prostitute and that is in Matthew chapter 1 which is in the lineage of Jesus Christ. But as the spies come to her house, the king of Jericho finds out that they're there, so he sends men to, to bring the spies to himself. But Rahab hides them up on her roof underneath the flax. And as she tells them, well, I don't know who they were or where they came from, but I know they left. They left before the gate closed. So you should probably go find them. You may be able to catch them. When well, She goes up and she has this conversation with them. I just kind of want us to walk through this this morning and what she said and why this impacts us and the power of not only telling, but the power of hearing. And it's really going to be our focus this morning, what we do with previews and what we do when we share that we like something, we're excited about something, we've enjoyed something. We, we tell somebody and they hear it, or someone tells us and we hear it, and there's power in that. So beginning in verse 8, uh, it says, Before the men lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land, and that the fear of you has fallen upon us, and all the inhabitants of the land uh, melt away before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when He came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sahan and Og, whom you devoted to destruction. And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted, and there was no spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord your God. He is God in, in the heavens above and on the earth below. She begins by saying, For we have heard. And she's speaking in this moment, not just of her household and the people that she probably employed. It's really believed that Rahab was not only a prostitute, but she ran a prostitute business. And so she has heard the city of Jericho has also heard the people of the land has heard. As she goes on to say uh, there in verse 10, we have heard how the Lord dried up and the people's heart of the land. They melt before you. And part of the thing about reading scripture and doing our own Bible study is, is to ask questions. It, it helps us to gain deeper understanding. And one question we should ask, and how did Rahab hear what she heard? Because it would have been a lot different in, than in our world today. We typically hear that someone shares with us, right? Some of y'all are going to get on social media later today, and you're going to see people sharing about their life, and so you hear about what's going on in other people's lives through that sort of medium. I mean, maybe you're going to drive into Springfield, Uh, after church or later this afternoon you're going to see billboards and you're going to hear about things that are coming and shows that are going to be coming up. There's already, by the way, a Christmas billboard on the way to Silver Dollar City if you want to be ready for Christmas because it's coming. So I've heard Christmas is coming and now because of that billboard we hear about different things, different sales, different bargains. People share that. Rahab did not have these mediums. Rahab didn't pull out her smartphone. So, oh, (laughs) Look at that, I hear Israel's coming. There wasn't a huge billboard on the Jordan River saying that Israel is about ready to cross the river. There wasn't a a group text or a group email going out. This was a word of mouth thing. And the reason the Bible lets us know that she is a prostitute, because how Rahab would have heard these things is because of her male customers. It lets us know her lifestyle, lets us know the type of people she was around. But through her, these people coming in and out of her house who have had either some encounter with Israel, have heard of Israel's story and their background, they've brought that news into Rahab's house. And Rahab, despite doing what she normally would have been doing, began to listen. She began to hear the conversations going on in the hallways, began to hear the conversations going on in her entryway and in, and in the bedroom. She began to hear of what people were talking about. And there was a power in that. And it's that power that she heard of this story of Israel and what they did and what God accomplished through them. And now they're on the brink of coming into the land. That power had an impact on her because there is a power in hearing and a power in telling And Rahab heard. She was given a preview of the power and the glory and this end that was coming into her land. And she tells the spies, I've heard all about you. I don't know if she was excited, as we may get about movies and books and stuff like that. But she says, I've heard this. That's kind of a a place for us to stop for a moment. She heard this power coming. She heard of this glory that had been revealed. She heard of this end on the horizon. How has God revealed in your life His power and His glory? This is an important question for us just to think on as people. How has God revealed His power and glory in my life? And, and I know not everybody likes to talk in, in, in group gatherings and things like that, so I don't feel like, well, you know. That's something that you have to do. But to actually sit and think on that, okay, God, how have you revealed your power and glory in my life? How has God revealed the end to us? Rahab knew that the end was coming. She used this phrase, which we're going to deal with next week devoted to destruction. And that's something God has revealed to us, something that we have have heard the preview of, that there is going to come a day where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. There is going to come a day where every tribe will be gathered before the Father who will judge everyone. There is going to come a day where God is going to separate the sheep from the goat, the righteous from the unrighteous. There is going to come a day where it's going to be very clear who knew Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior and who didn't. And we know that. We know that end is coming. We know that there is a heaven and a hell. We know when this life is over, it's not completely over. There is eternal life afterward. And we know without Jesus Christ, we will be separated from the God who loves us and is for us, not against us. We know this. See, Rahab had been hearing the news and the report and she reveals to the spies that I've heard all about you. I've heard what God is doing for you. You notice what she goes, what, she's, what she heard about there in verse 10? She goes back, says, We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sihon and Og, whom you devoted to destruction. In verse 10, when she says, We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you came out of Egypt. She's speaking of a passage and a story probably we're most familiar with coming out of the book of Exodus where, you know, Moses and the Ten Commandments or you may think Charlton Heston, but Moses was there and he's called out by God through the burning bush and we have the plagues. She says, you know, I've heard this story. I've heard of how your God brought you out of the most powerful empire. I heard how he released you and he liberated you. I heard how he brought you to the Red Sea and He brought you across on dry ground. I heard these stories and now you're here. I've heard these incredible things about your God and what your God can do. We have to keep in mind Rahab is a Canaanite woman. She lives in a Canaanite town. She has a Canaanite occupation. There's many Canaanite gods that she can turn to and grew up hearing about and could worship. And yet in this moment, she says, I've heard how your God is different than all the other gods that I've heard of. I have heard how he has power over creation. I have heard how he brings kingdoms to their knees. And then she goes on to talk about these two kings, which we may or may not be familiar with. That comes out of Numbers chapter 21. The king of Sahan, basically what happened in that story, Israel is, is making their trek, making their journey and their wanderings. And they asked the king here if they could pass through and they said, you know, we're not going to mess with your land. We're not going to mess with your crops. We're not going to take any water from your well. We just want to be able to safely travel through. We promise we'll keep to ourselves. And the king of Sahan said no. And then he rallied his troops and attacked Israel. And Israel said, ha ha, beat down. Well, Og heard of it. So Sahan, he's an inhospitable king and Og is an aggressive king. He hears of what they did Sahan, so he rallies his troops and he goes after Israel and they defeat Og. And this is what becomes the Transjordanian tribe area where Joshua addresses them in chapter 1 about the two and a half tribes. that are going to stay on the other side of the Jordan River. This is where that land came from. But what Rahab reveals is, I have heard what God has done for you 40 plus years ago. And I have heard what God has done for you in the recent events leading up to your arrival on the Jordan River. I have heard of your stories. And I think if we think about Israel and what they were doing for the last 40 years, what has Israel been doing for the last 40 years? You know, they're they're walking around, right? I mean, they're just they're wandering They had a curse come upon them because they didn't trust the Lord. They didn't have their faith in God that he could do whatever he wanted to do. They they believed in the ten spies that said, that, oh, there's giants there. We can't take them. So God said, all right, you can walk it off. And so they walked for 40 years, for 40 years just picking up camp, setting up camp, picking up camp, setting up camp. And you're thinking, man, where we're supposed to go is over there, but we keep going 40 years, can you imagine that 40 years of just wandering in the desert, wandering in the wilderness? Sometimes I think that's how we feel sometimes in life with with Christianity and our relationship. God, we're just kind of in this wilderness, this rut, it's just dry. It doesn't seem like anything's becoming accomplished. It just seems like we're doing the same thing over and over again. We're picking up camp, setting up camp, picking up camp, setting up camp, waking up to go to work, going home from work, going to bed, waking up, going And we just get in this routine, this rut. But what we see, what Rahab reveals to us in the power of hearing and the power of telling is even in the midst of our wanderings, even in the midst of our ruts, even in the midst of the wilderness, God is continually working. He's continually active. He was continually preparing the land for Israel's arrival. And so you may be in a rut and routine at this moment, but understand that the God who promises to never leave you or forsake you in the midst of your rut, in the midst of your wilderness, in the midst of your valley, is continuing to work out his good will and purpose in your life. You may not be able to see it. And I imagine when the spies heard of Rahab's report, they were like, Holy cow, that 40 years wasn't for nothing. Because in the midst of that 40 years, you know what they were doing? They were obeying what God commanded them to do. They're setting up camp. They would put the tabernacle in the middle of the camp. They're coming to worship God. They were going to what Deuteronomy chapter 6 and the Shema says, that you are to teach your children, teach them the ways of God and the law of God and, and what God has done in your life. You're to teach them diligently. You're to talk about them when you sit down and you, and you stand up. And when you go about your day, you're to write them on your doorpost and carry them on, on the forehead. And so for 40 years, they were telling these stories over and over and over again. 40 years of wandering, 40 years of walking, and for 40 years not knowing, if we're going to, when are we going to get this promised land? What's going to happen when we get there? And in the midst of them just being obedient to what God commanded them to do and what we may consider mundane, God was preparing the land for their arrival. We have to understand that even in our midst of our mundane and our boring and things like that, that God, God doesn't stop working. He's doing something that we may not be ready for, but He's preparing our hearts and He's preparing the people for that moment when we're ready. I've heard about your God. I heard He is the God who's the God over all creation, over all kingdoms and all kings. And I've heard what He's done for you. So she comes to this agreement with them because she is aware of the Lord's continual working and faithfulness. How have we experienced God's continual faithfulness in our life? How have you experienced God's continual faithfulness in your life? How about God's continual working? Or His presence. So we have a God who, who loves us. That's something we got to think. God wants us to be aware of Him in our life. So we can share it. Just like we share about movies and books and songs and things that we did excited about. That's what God wants to be in our life. Something we get excited about and we tell so others can hear. And there's two, two listeners here. There's Rahab and their City of Jericho. And just like in our life, when we tell about the greatness and the faithfulness and the power of God, there's going to be two types of listeners that we're going to come across. There's going to be those who are going to hear it and they're going to respond to it like, like Rahab does. She comes to understand it, but she doesn't have full knowledge of God. She doesn't have a full understanding of God's ways. She doesn't fully understand what God has done. But she understands that He is a God that is worthy of my praise and worthy of my respect. And so I want to submit to this God. I'm going to hand over my life and my household to this God's authority. And she finds salvation. And then there's the people of Jericho and people of the land. They hear of the same God. Notice she says that we have heard. Not just I. We have heard, And they hear of the same God, but instead of submitting to that God, they rebel against that God and they find destruction. And that's the exact same type of people we're going to encounter in our life. There's going to be people that you're going to share what God is doing in your life because that's what you're called to do. And there are going to be people that are going to hear that and they're going to submit to God's authority and find salvation. And there's going to be people that are going to rebel against that. It's going to lead to their destruction. I think what we fail to remember is what Jesus Christ said in Acts chapter 1. He promised His Holy Spirit that would come upon us and that you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And what we do, I think, at times is that we feel like we're not equipped to share the gospel. We're not equipped to share our experiences with people that God has brought into our life. But here's the thing, what the Bible relates, that if you're saved and you have the Holy Spirit, God has fully equipped you. The only reason you are not equipped to share the gospel message and of God's faithfulness and God's love and His mercy and His power, the only reason you're not equipped to do that is if you're not saved. He gave you his spirit so that you would be his witness. And that spirit is a spirit of power. See, it's not just a preacher's job. It's not just a church leader's job. It's everybody's job. This is is how Rahab hears. The nation of Israel is being obedient to the calling of God to continue to talk about what God had done, to continue to teach it, to continue to meet around it and worship all that God had provided for them. And so we're called the same today called to be his witness witness in scripture is a legal term meaning that it's someone who gives evidence to things that they have seen things that they are currently seeing or things that they are expecting to see we are called to be his witness Luke chapter 24 you are my witnesses of these things so if you have the spirit And you're a Christian, here's the thing Scripture reveals. It is our universal obligation to tell what God has done in our life. And it's not a step program, not one, two, threes. You don't have to have, like, a track. Though tracks are fine. It's simply sharing about your experiences with God. Just like you experience the movie. Just like you experience a song. Just like you experience a good burger. Taste and see that the Lord is good, right? So we shared, oh man, I wish you were at church today to hear what God spoke to my heart. I wish you were at church today to hear this song we did in worship. I don't know what it was about this song, but it moved me. I felt like his presence in the moment. You and I are called to share that this week. And here's the thing, when we look at Rahab's life, she doesn't look like she's the one that God should call, yet she is. But what we see is when people hear what God has done, it impacts them. And you may not see the fruit of that. But what you're doing when you share what God is doing in your life is you're throwing out little gospel seeds. And some of those seeds are going to hit and stick, and some of those are just going to bounce right off. That's the parable Jesus gives. But what we do, we do what Israel has done for the last 40 years. We're just continually faithful. We're just going to continue going to share. We're going to continue going to to teach. We're going to continue going to speak about God's glory and what God has done and God's faithfulness. So maybe our homework today before we leave is, is this afternoon to sit down and think, Okay, God, how have you revealed yourself to me this week? How have I experienced your presence? I think part of our failure is we're not actually seeking after it. We're not actually seeking after His presence. We're not seeking after His voice. We're not seeking after an experience with God. And yet if you're saved in this room, here's the beauty of it. You have complete access to the throne room of grace. Every single morning we wake up, I can be in holy, holy, holy presence. And I can go to work and I can share about what God showed me in His Word today. Here's our calling, and this kind of what it hit on me this morning about being, not this morning, this week, about being a witness. God provided the evidence to give us the experiences. God has provided you the evidence of Him, of His love for you, of His forgiveness, to give you the experiences with Him. He did that for Israel here. Now God provided the experiences with Him to make us the evidence. So God provides the evidence. We come to this understanding of salvation. And then we have experiences with God at church, at conferences, through songs, through books, through through, through podcasts. and, And we hear God and we feel His presence and we see Him working in us. And so we have these experiences. And then these experiences that God gives us then become the evidence for a world that is watching us. So God provided... The evidence to give us experience. God provided the experience to give us the evidence. And in becoming the evidence, here it is, we reveal the significance of Christ and God in our life. And all i got to do is understand the power of telling and the power of hearing. I just share about what I, I'm excited about what God's doing in my life. If you read through the Psalms, you can even share about the things that you're struggling with God and what God's doing in your life. But there's a power in hearing and a power in telling. And the Bible tells us in Romans. Let me find it. Romans chapter 10. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And that word preaching doesn't mean what I'm doing in this moment where I'm doing something. The word preaching means to proclaim. Did you see that? Did you try that? Have you eaten here? Have you read that? Have you heard that? That's proclaiming. That's all it is. And so God. Because we are aware of God's continual presence, like Rahab becomes aware of God's continual presence for the last 40 years. We're aware that God has his continual presence on our life. What this means, since we are his witnesses, he has given us the evidence, given us the experiences, he has made us now the evidence in this world, is that the people in your life are in your life because God has placed them in your life so they can see the evidence of his power, love and grace and mercy coming out of your life. You're at the job you're at because God opened that door so you can be the witness in that occupation. Students, you are in the activities you're in, sports or extracurricular activities you're in because God has given you that passion to be involved in that and place you around those people so you can be that witness in that position. Our students are heading off to college, the door has been opened to that college because God is calling you to that college to be the witness for him at that college. Wherever we find ourselves, God has placed us in that position so that we might bring him glory. We might show the significance of him out of our life. And it's simply by sharing about what we're experiencing God doing in our life. That's what Rahab hears and Rahab finds salvation. So, what I'd like to challenge us to do this morning, uh, Jackson, you might come on up. Don't worry, I'm not going to make you move. You already found your new seat, so. (laughs) I believe that there is at least one individual in each and every person's life in this room at this moment. that does not know Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And you care about that person. They, Friend, co-worker, family member. And they're in your life. And, and the message you hear this morning is this. God has put them in your life for you to be the evidence of Him in their life. He's not calling Pastor Mike. He might, but he's not calling Pastor Mike right now to go and and share the gospel to them. He's called you to do it. And he's empowered you to do it through his spirit. So what I'd like to do at this moment is I'd like for us all just to kind of stop and to pray through the spirit for that person. I'm not going to ask you to pray out loud. You can pray quietly. You You can do a prayer whisper if you want. If you want to come down here and kneel, you can do that too. That's fine. But I want you to pray specifically by name about that person and specifically how you want God to use you in their life. For God to open that door. He's already been working through you. Maybe we just need to pray for our eyes to be open to see, okay, there's the door. So Jackson's just going to strum a little ditty. You don't have to sing quite yet. I'm just going to invite us all to pray quietly together as a church, knowing that when two or more are gathered in his name, he is here. And we're going to pray about that person. Maybe it's persons in your life. And then I'll I'll pray over all of us here in a second. And... uh, Father, we come before you as your children in the name of Jesus Christ and the power of the Spirit that you've placed inside of us. Lord, you told us and promised us that you're going to send your Spirit to empower us that we might be your witnesses. You've revealed the evidence of you in our life. For some of us, it's been several years. It may have been our entire life, it seems, that we've been fully aware of how much you love us and the people around us. Father, You've given us experiences. Some of them have tested our faith. Some of us have brought us to moments of worship and adoration before You. Lord, I come before You because You're a God who hears all things. You know all things. Father, the the prayers lifted up in this place don't overwhelm You because they come at You at once. But Father, You've heard the names. You've seen the faces. The people that we've lifted up to You this morning. Father, because we know that you are desiring all people to come to a saving knowledge. We know that you're doing something. You're you're preparing the way. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ in this moment that as they've lifted these individuals up in prayer, Lord, that you just give them a boldness this week to share about the God that they know, to share about the God they know that loves them and loves this person that they've been praying for. Father, your spirit in this very moment as we lift them up, we'll be preparing their hearts and their ears to hear what is going to be shared. Father, I praise you for the experiences we've had with you. I praise you for what we have heard about you and, and the things that you've enabled us to be able to tell others. Lord, forgive us those times we've kept it to ourselves. We know that the end is coming. We know that your son is going to come soon and very soon. We know those who do not know Him as their Lord and Savior will be lost forever in a place that You have defined as hell. Father, break our hearts for those individuals that we are fully aware don't know You as their Lord and Savior. Make sure our hearts don't become judgmental or bitter or angry, but a heart of compassion and sympathy, Lord. I pray that the Word of Christ would dwell in us richly, so that it can flow out of us. Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for everyone here this morning. I thank you for what you're doing in your church with your bride. I thank you for this incredible task you've called us to, but Lord, you, you've not called us to do it alone. You've given us everything we need for life and godliness, Father. We thank you but I pray right now in this moment for those who don't know you as your Lord and Savior here this morning and your your spirit's been speaking to their heart or you've been awakening them in this moment Father that they would come to a full revelation a full understanding of that Father do the work that only you can do in this moment and bring them to repentance so they can find salvation. Praise the name of Jesus. Like I said, there's two types of people that heard. There's Rahab and Jericho. I think a lot of us in here, we may not like to admit it, but we're Rahabs. <laughs> we heard and we responded. You don't have to put that your bumper sticker on your car or anything like that. <laughs> I'm a Rahab, you know. <laughs> uh, but we heard and responded. And there's people who hear and they don't respond, they rebel, they push back. That's what Jericho did. Rahab found salvation, Jericho found destruction. You may be here this morning and you finally came to understand about heaven and hell and that the end is coming. Someday this world will be no more. There will be a new heaven and a new earth. And something in your heart began to stir like, you're not sure if you're on God's side. You're not sure if you belong to Him, and I want to make sure we give you an opportunity to be sure of that this morning. You've heard people testify about how they experience God, and you've heard people share about His faithfulness and His power. I want you to hear that there's a God in heaven who sits on His throne, and He loves you. He knows you deeply. He knows everything about you. There's nothing in your life that has surprised Him. He knows every detail, every every dark secret you have. He knows all about you, and yet in this moment, He's calling out to you to come and become one of His. So the Bible makes it clear it's not about what we bring to the table, but it's about what Jesus Christ has already done completely for us. So Jesus Christ took our dark little sins, our dark little secrets, and Jesus Christ took them on the cross, and He suffered the wrath of a holy God upon Himself. They placed Him in a tomb, but the Bible says He came out three days later so that we might be given complete forgiveness. We might find victory in Him. And the Bible says, when I believe that in my heart, that God loves me that much, that God would take the stuff that I'm ashamed of as His own. And I believe that. And then I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. The Bible says, I will be saved. And so that's what we're coming to this moment right now. If you know that's you, you've yet to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior then I'm going to invite you to come down and just say, hey, Pastor Mike, I I want Jesus. I want to be saved. I want to be forgiven. We're going to pray together. We're going to celebrate together. The Bible says the heavens erupt when one person comes. So I'm going to invite you if you know that's you. Maybe you're here and you just want to continue to pray. Maybe you want to grab someone next to you and say, hey, we need to go pray for so-and-so. You can come on down and kneel before the Father. You can just gather. There's several rows now, so you can just move about how you'd like. Just to pray and lift up individuals in your life that God has placed there for you to be the witness of His power and His glory into their life. We're going to come in this time of invitation, time of response. I'm going to invite us all to stand up. Jackson's going to lead us. I'm going to invite you to come, invite you to pray.